Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. What's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of the J and B Ray Boxing Podcast, episode 93. We got a lot of boxing news to cover tonight. Uh, Clarissa Shields, Ivana Hadazining, if I'm pronouncing it right. Hey, it's announced. Gerald Hurd, J-Rock Williams also announced. We got Keith Thurman asking Pacquiao for a rematch. And Ruiz, Joshua trade words and rumors of this happening in Saudi Arabia. The rematch there. Wilder and Fury also trade words. Heavyweight division is starting to spark up again. Billy Joe Sanders parts way with Frank Warren. Dana White talks about coming, launching his Zufa boxing in October. And is Canelo Alvarez in Golden Boy promotion in Rocky Road? And Ryan Garcia is also included in that too. Again, I'm doing this by myself. B-Ray could not be with us, so bear with me. So before we start this episode, give us a five-star rating. Give us a comment. Like, comment, and share. Let's begin. All right. Breaking news right now, folks. Breaking news. Before I even start with my boxing news, which I had nine topics. Breaking news. Adrian Broner, and I know Brian would like this, or B-Ray, Adrian Broner has announced, I am retiring. Boxing is a lonely sport, and I'm done with this shit. Give me a break, and let me turn that into eight with some fat. So Adrian Broner says he's retiring. This is not the first time Adrian Broner has gone on a tirade. Uh, he said, and, he's, and this is again is on his unofficial Instagram post. He puts, I need help from somebody. Shake my head. I'm not focused at all on boxing right now. I feel like fuck boxing and fuck everybody. Hashtag on God and them. He continues saying, I can finally experience what it feels like to smoke weed, snort a line, shoot heroin, taste acid. I've been fiending to get high. So Adrian Broner on a, I don't know what you would call it, what he's on. Uh, apparently... Is one of his uh, stunts again, looking for attention. I mean, the last time we were talking about him was, what, uh, possibly him trying to fight Keith Thurman and how entertaining that fight could be. Now he's out here talking about fuck boxing and all that good stuff. I don't know, folks. It's just, you know, is Broner just trying to grab some attention? And he's doing a good job because he got me talking about it. I know B-Ray would have been like, fuck him. You're doing us a favor. So, I don't know. Hopefully, Adrian Broner. Uh, Adrian Broner is a promising fight. Not promising. He's a good fighter. 
had a promising career. It's just uh, he's got in his own way. I think that I think that sums up Adrian Broner's career, and I think um, many of you guys would agree with me. He gets in his own way. If you were to take um, boxing as serious as he does posting this random bullshit, he'd probably be in the top pound for pound list. Again, you might be saying, are you crazy? Are you slurring the line? Are you doing heroin? Are you dropping acid? No, but we saw the talent. We saw we saw something there, folks. That's not, let's not act like we didn't. We saw something there in that kid. And, you know, many of us, and I'm not putting myself in there because I never did, but many people were already anointing him as the next best fighter, the next man in the line when Floyd Mayweather retires. We were anointing him. It was only after Maidana whipped his ass then everything spiraled down and he got exposed in a way. And I think more exposed is the mental defects he has. And since he breaks down, doesn't take himself seriously. But again, uh, if you guys are just tuning in, if you guys fast forward through some of this, Adrian Broner on Instagram, his own personal Instagram, announced he's retiring. He is done with this boxing shit. All right, let's go into other news. <clears throat> Once again, folks, I am doing this by myself, so you will not be hearing Beery on this episode. In other news, it uh, is been a, it's announced April fifth. I'll say April October fifth in Flint, Michigan. It will be Clarissa Shields taking on Ivana Hadazanin. Uh, if Shields uh, Shields is going down to junior middleweight, and if she wins, she would become the fastest woman or man to become a three division champion, doing so in just ten fights. Um, this news broke by Corner Boxing. Shout out to Corner Boxing if you guys are listening. Shout out, shout out, and go follow them for all boxing news. On Instagram, so Corner Boxing announced that Clarissa Shield is moving down to a weight class, and also putting the fact that if she wins, she'd become the first woman or man to win three to win titles in three weight classes and ten fights. That is amazing, and an interesting fight because last time I checked and the last time I remember hearing is that she talked about having trouble making middleweight. I think she's a super middleweight who's gone down to middleweight. Now she's gonna come down even more. I know she's coming off a layoff because. She had just had surgery on her knee. So it's an intriguing fight because she's moving down in weight. She's trying to make history. She's setting herself up to literally become the quote, the greatest woman of all time. Um, it's a moniker I think that a lot of fighters throw themselves. And I think she deserves it more because she's a woman and she's accomplishing what she's accomplishing in a male-dominated sport. Um, my coworkers are like, are we doing the same mistake that we did with Ronda Rousey. No, it was a little bit different because I think female boxing has been around a little bit longer. The competition um, isn't as in, isn't as deep as male boxing, but it's been there for a while. So we've seen the evolution of women's boxing. Women's MMA is a little bit different. I feel that I don't think it's if we saw the evolution happening and we saw the 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 rise and fall of the the pioneer of women's MMA. If you want to call Ronda Rousey the the pioneer of women's MMA, we saw that with her. Um, here with Clarissa Shield, she's a trailblazer. Indeed, she is. But there's other people behind her that have done it and that laid the foundations for her to have the success she's having right now. And Wolf comes to mind. Uh, Layla Ali comes to mind. Um, many other female fighters have also paved the way for her to accomplish what she's doing right now and breaking down barriers, becoming the first female to be showcased on um, on Showtime main eventing her own card on Showtime Boxing on Saturday, on that, that Saturday night where she became the undisputed middleweight champion. She is breaking down walls and barriers. So I think, and also setting uh, heights, I don't think that women's uh, boxers have done. 
she, she if she goes into this fight October 5th in her hometown and wins the title, she, again, she becomes the first ever boxer, man or female, people, to win three titles in three weight classes with only 10 fights. That is amazing by itself. So, uh, shout out to Clarissa Shields. Um, I doubt she listens, but shout out. Wish you all the luck. We're, I'm a big fan. So, shout out to you. All right, let's continue going in news. Also, um, as this week, we uh, as Clarissa Shields announced her fight, another fight was announced just 12 hours ago. The rematch, Gerald Hurd, J-Rock Williams. It is com- almost near completion, but it, I, the date has been set, December 14th, Barclays Center in New York. Look, the first fight was so exciting. I can't wait for the second fight. But I have a sneak... I have a, a feeling it's going to go the same way. I think... I think J-Rock Williams just has his number. I think... Uh, I, I don't think Gerald Hurd can do any better than that fight. Um, Gerald Hurd met a guy who... Gerald... Let me say... Kind of like... I have, I have the words. Just don't want to come out. I, I, I re, From what I recall when we uh, um, reviewed this fight... After the after the decision, I said that Gerald Hurd did what Shane Mosley did to Antonio Margarito, and he kept halting him. He never let Margarito get the momentum. J. Rock Williams did the same thing. He never allowed her to get the momentum going and get into that you know late round um, uh, energy, the burst where her just starts dominating, starts rolling you down. He would never he was never allowed to, and J. Rock Williams was able to turn him, was able to. You know, flatten to put you know to hold him. We needed to hold him. You know, was able to just do what he needed to do to win to win the fight. And I think the second time around, it might be the same. I don't see anything different in Gerald Hurd that we've seen in the past. I mean, unless he's going to go into a boxing match, but you know, J Rock has a good pedigree. It's going to be an interesting fight. But if I'm going to an early prediction, I'm going to be favoring at the moment with Gerald Hurd, unless I'm unless you guys change my mind. Sorry about that, I'm bourbon. But unless you guys change my mind, but I honestly see Gerald Hurd losing a second time, and and it's a shame because I think Gerald Hurd is a good fighter. I think after this fight, he might move up to middleweight. I mean, he can barely handle that weight from the from the last time I we were seeing him. Is that I feel he was barely making super middle super welterweight, and he was just uh ballooning up. He was literally a middleweight, super middleweight fighting these junior middleweights. And that's why he was able to get away with some of the stuff he was getting away with. So we'll see how the rematch goes. But like I said, it's not really announced, but it's almost near announcement. But when the when the fact that you have the venue set and there's a date, I think the only thing we're looking for is who's gonna you know put on the fight. Is it gonna be Showtime? Fox did the last fight. I would not be surprised if Fox puts on the rematch too. So keep an eye on for that. Tune in. Uh, we will announce it. As soon as we hear, you guys are going to hear, and you guys are going to hear me and B-Ray's review on that and our thoughts. But so far, you guys hear my review. I honestly think if it's, it's announced, J-Rock gets, a, gets the other W. All right. Kind of rumor, kind of speculation, kind of like what if these guys fought. Who does either Chavez fights this weekend, I think, against some random guy. And he's trying to come back, I think, in like heavyweight. Rumor is, if he gets past this fight and he looks good, he might be in a collision course with former middleweight champion of the world, Danny the Miracle Man Jacobs. Are you interested? Have I caught your attention, folks? Or are you just saying, you know what, move on to the next topic? Well, guess what? I'm not going to move on because B-Ray's not here and B-Ray usually shove me to 
jump to the next topic. But if you guys can indulge me for a minute and, you know, give me a time to talk about this. Both guys are coming off losses of the Canelo. Chavez is trying to merge himself as a legit fighter. He's really not, but he has a name. Can't deny the guy has a name. And the fact that his dad is a Mexican legend is the reason he has a name. But he's a name in, in any way he's a name. Danny Jacobs needs to get back on the wing column. He needs to get a significant win. Not a bad fight. I um, You got Chavez who proved that at light heavyweight, he couldn't dominate a, light, a natural light heavyweight. Um, Jacobs is a guy who, who was forcing himself to 160. We witnessed him against Canelo. He openly admitted, I lost but it, because of the weight. I'm going to move up in weight. I don't think it's a bad fight, and it's a good fight for Danny Jacobs. Gets his name out there. It's a high-profile fight against a not not a good caliber fighter, but a high-profile caliber, a high-profile fighter though, and it puts him in in the in contention for a future title, a title shot at 168 as everything is starting to maneuver, as as these uh, promoters, fighters, and networks are starting to set up the you know the fall lineup, you know we're starting to see this happen. So I think to stay busy, to wait to see what happens. Danny Jacobs versus Julio Cesar Chavez is not a bad fight to me. Do is Chavez gonna win this fight? Most definitely, I think so. I don't think they're gonna put him against a guy that's gonna give him any, any troubles, and that's usually Chavez's mo. Put him against a guy, make him look good, get people talking, usually in the Mexican circles, and then put him in a big fight. He did that before. He fought some guy. I think I forgot who he fought, and then he fought Canelo. He lost against Canelo. He's going to come back, fight again, an unknown fighter, get some talking going a little bit, and then go ahead and fight Danny Jacobs. Another high-profile fight, most likely, 9 out of 10, or 10 out of 10. He's going to lose, and he's going to do it again because he has that Chavez name, that Chavez last name. But it's an intriguing fight, though, either way you look at it. We got both guys, both heavy guys. Both guys aren't afraid to gain that gain that weight after, after weigh-in. It's gonna be good as a. It's gonna be good, you know, because Danny Jacobs not gonna be able to push this guy because he's gonna be bigger. Travis won't be able to push the other guy, push Jan, Danny because he's bigger too. So it's gonna be Danny Jacobs' boxing skills and smacking him around. Uh, that's gonna win this. That's gonna literally make this fight entertaining. And just having seeing Travis eat those shots and try to get in the inside and try to try to impose his will on Danny Jacobs. I think it's an interesting fight. Call me skeptical, call me a, a sucker, but I think it's a, it's a good fight, folks. I know my counterpart would be like, no, that's stupid. I wouldn't watch that. I think it's boring. Fuck Chavez. Blah, 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 blah. You guys know it. You guys know him. I'm sorry. I think B-Ray is right, but it's entertaining. And it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're driving on the freeway and you see a car crash. You feel bad, you you know, but you're, you you got to look. You gotta look, anyways. You even though you're like talking shit to everybody, like, oh, fucking traffic. You know, it's because these these dumbasses are looking over here, a bunch of looky loose. And then as soon as you pass by, what do you do? You end up looking, and you become the looky loo. Same situation here, folks. Um, but I think it's an entertaining fight uh, if it gets made. Um, I'm kind of steering that it might get made. I don't know. Why. I have that impression that it will, but. Um, we'll see what happens again. That's also developments that as soon as we hear it, you guys will hear our uh, discussion here on the show. And we continue going uh, with uh, more topics. Keith Thurman 
thinks Manny Pacquiao should give him another, give him a shot, give him another, re- give him a rematch. Um, he thinks the fight was a draw. He thinks that he he's still huge in, in the Philippines himself, and that the first fight was so, so successful pay per view wise. Why not roll it back and do it again? I was here last week. I openly said that I didn't see him win. Uh, I saw him win only two round, one round. I'm sorry. I don't think he deserves a rematch. Um, you got bested by a 40 year old man. Take take the loss. Try to come back. Um, there was nothing. Can I say there was nothing? Nothing to indicate that this should be a rematch. In my opinion, there was nothing. Um, you got you got bested by a 40 year old guy who you openly mocked. You know. Uh, about his T-Rex arms. There was no way he was going to hit you with those T-Rex arms. You were going to crucify him. You are going to do this. You had to eat your words for 12 rounds against Manny Pacquiao. And again, folks, I'm not the biggest Manny Pacquiao fan, but I give respect where respect's due. Manny Pacquiao did his thing and dominated the fight. Again, I gave Keith Thurman only one round. Uh, I know B-Ray gave him two or three rounds. Mr. Lou from the Ramley Alcoholics and the Fever on the Pitch podcast gave him, uh, I think, Three to four rounds. No, I gave him one round. I saw the fight. I did not see Keith do much. And every time Keith did do anything, Manny Pacquiao took the play from him. And that's why Manny Pacquiao won. Um, again, I didn't see anything to, again, warn him a rematch. But Keith is trying to politic his way into a rematch. So here's a little clip. Um, using the boxing voice, they put it out. So shout out to the boxing voice. champion again man you know uh there ain't no stopping me and honestly man i'm gonna come back deadlier because you know to be the champ you got to be the champ and if i'm not a champ that means i gotta work hard again what's your message to pacquiao where's the contract pack sign the contract so you got paid so the last party said is rematch um again reiterating what i just said um before the i put the video up his performance did not warrant him a rematch. It did not. Um, what could Keith do? He could probably go back and try to, you know, he could rematch. Um, he could give Danny a rematch. Danny, Danny's on a win. Maybe that'll, his performance against in a rematch with Danny Garcia might get him another shot against Pacquiao. I have no clue. But this whole, you know, getting Manny right away after your performance? No, no. You're going to have to go to the back of the line and you're going to have to wait. Simple as that. There's no way around it, man. You're going to have to wait. Um, What's next for uh, Manny Pacquiao? Well, a certain guy who a couple of months ago we discussed talking about coming out of retirement. He was throwing out training videos. He was cutting the weight. I mean, when he was in re- when he was retired, he looked like a, he looked like a narco traficante. He looked like he was ready to to ship some kilos to the United States. 
Who am I talking about? The former welterweight champion, Marcos Maidana, El Chino. Uh, again, we saw how, how ballooned he got after the Mayweather fight. He was enjoying the Mayweather money. Out of nowhere, he said, I'm coming out of retirement. I, um, I signed a, a good deal with Al Heyman, PBC. I'm going to come back. Everything was ready for the summer for him, apparently. And out of nowhere, he said, fuck it. I'm going back into retirement. I think I checked my bank account. I still got him a couple more mil. So I'm done. Well, uh, four days ago, Marcus Maidana has called out Manny Pacquiao and declared that he would return to boxing to fight Manny Pacquiao. Um, this, was, again, this sparked uh, massive uh, debate, massive conversations in the boxing world. This would be Manny Pacquiao. Mar Mar Marcos Maidana, Freddie Roach versus Alex Ariza, everything. Um, if I'm gonna entertain in here, if Marcos Maidana want to come back, if Marcos Maidana would have cut all that weight and make Walter wait, how would that fight go? I don't know. You got a guy who's been retired for almost, well, has been inactive for almost what three years, almost same length as uh, Floyd Mayweather. Um, three, two, three years been inactive. Against a 40-year-old fighter who um, convinced everybody a couple weeks ago that, you know, he's still a force to be reckoned with in the welterweight division. On paper, it looks good. If you break it down, it doesn't. What does Pacquiao get off, get out, out of, get from a win against Maidana? Nothing. Three, four years ago, Marcos Maidana versus Manny Pacquiao would have been a hell of a fight. You know, and, and Marco McDonough style is tailor-made for Manny Pacquiao. You know, uh, I think even I think even if they fought now, I think Pacquiao would just pick him apart for 12 rounds. Um, like I said like, a couple weeks ago, Manny Pacquiao proved in the Keith Thurman fight. He still has the foot movement, the closing the distance, that, you know, in and out, you know, awkward movement. You know, there's nobody in that division that can mimic what he can do, and that's why he's getting away what he, that's why he got away with what he got away with um, that Saturday when he fought Keith Thurman. What do you think he's going to do to Marcus Maidana? He's going to pepper him for fucking 12 rounds, folks. Marcus Maidana is going to come in. He's going to try to he's going to try to close him in. He's going to try to land some bombs and nothing's going to happen because Pacquiao is not going to let himself get caught up in the ropes. Pacquiao is going to bounce on his feet, dart in, dart out. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Even if Marcos McDonough rehires Robert Garcia, if he gets on a strict regimen, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna. It, it's it's a good it's a good talk. It's a good debate. You know, it, it's good uh, water cooler talk in the boxing community. But it isn't gonna happen, and it's not gonna be entertaining. It's gonna at best, it's gonna be sad. In my view, it'll be sad. It'll tarnish Marcos McDonough, who you know, I think Jim Larry Merchant called him Kid Cajones. You know, I consider Marcus Maidana one of the toughest sons of bitches in the world. He took a body shot from Amir Khan. He looked like he was not going to get up. And he got up and he gave Khan a hell of a fight. He gave Mayweather two good fights. Um, he got back up three times from getting knocked down by Victor Ortiz when Ortiz was at the pinnacle of reaching superstardom. And he did all that. And Marcos Maidana scratched and clawed and got the, got, got the attention, got the respect from the boxing community and said... And basically did a John Wayne and just rode off to the sunset. And we were said, you know what? He deserves it. I went, when he left, I was sad because I felt him fighting Mayweather those two times made him a household name to the, uh, to the boxing public, to, to the casual fans. And I felt, well, you know what? Even though he lost, he gained more fans because of those two fights. He could basically market himself as the next, you know, great, uh, next great Argentinian fighter. 
And he said, no, I'm done. Fuck it. I'm, I'm just going to ride off to the sunset with the money I've made in two fights. And we all said, you know what? You deserve it. If there's any guy who deserves it, it's Marcus Maidon. And we all agreed. We all, we no one, no one bat an eye. No one said nothing. We said, fuck it, you know, he's done. And now when he, a couple months ago, decided to come back, we were kind of like, should he come back? Uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's entertaining, you know. We started, you know, again, the, he, me and B-Ray started talking about, oh, imagine Maidana versus Spence. Imagine Maidana versus Thurman. Imagine Maidana versus Danny Garcia. Man, we started talking about it. But, again, that was just a nostalgia of wanting to see Marcos Maidana back. But now looking at it, do we really need him back? And he's going to be back to the same Marcos Maidana, the same El Chino that gave Floyd Mayweather two good fights. The man that got up out of the canvas numerous times with Victor Ortiz. The man who gave Amir Khan a hell of a fight. Is he still that guy? I don't know. Do I want to see? The fan in me does. The fan in me does, but at the same time, the fan in me also doesn't want to tarnish the memory of Marcos Maidana because you know what? Even though he lost against Mayweather, the fact that he said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I made my money. I won my titles. I've accomplished so little where many people thought it was never going to accomplish anything. I'm going to write off to the sunset and never come back again. I'm done with boxing. I am leaving on my terms. And you have to respect that. For him to come back, mm, if he were to come back and get annihilated by Manny Pacquiao, it tarnished me. Again, to me. It tarnishes the memory. It tarnishes the image. I not memory. But it tarnishes the image of Marcos McDonough to me. I don't know if you guys, you fans agree. I don't know if B-Way would agree with me. But that's the way I look at it. If Marcos McDonough were to come back and get annihilated by Manny Pacquiao, which is most probably going to happen. It's most definitely it's going to happen. So, um, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't want to see it. I don't want him to come back. That's just my, my take on it. So, uh, we'll go on. We'll continue on with another topic. We turn the page to the heavyweight division now. And yesterday, last night, whatever time zone you guys were in, Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua were trading verbal jabs on social media. Um, and this sparked uh, because of an interview that Anthony Joshua did with Sky Sports. I'm going to play it. And I've heard from other people that, you know, Sky Sports and Anthony Joshua are very particular when you guys air his stuff. So... If I get shut down, folks, you guys know why. So here's the audio. I have to win it. You've got two ends of it. There's one, I'd fight in Tijuana, and Ruiz's uncle could be the referee, and i still whip him. Do you know what I mean? It don't matter to me where it is. There's the aspect. But then there's the other aspect of the British fans that have been riding with me from day one want to see me get them belts back. And I'll never forget in the Olympics when I walked out, I tried to block out the energy in that room, and it was the worst thing because I'm fighting a battle that I couldn't win so walking out in cardiff in front of 70 80 90 000 people screaming and rooting for you to win that type of energy that goes through your body is unstoppable and i think that could give me that little bit of edge i need to win those belts i have to so he's willing to go to tijuana and have andrew Ruiz's uncle be the ref and he'd still whoop him that's confidence or delusion in my view don't know about you guys. That is either confidence or delusion. Andy Ruiz came back and replied back. AJ says he can whoop me in Tijuana. Prove it. Let's run it in Mexico. Remember that you did have a huge reason to come to America. And that was to build your profile. 
Hashtag Ruiz. Hashtag Ruiz and a robot emoji too. Hashtag cherry picking gone wrong. Ooh, look. Where's this fight going to take place? Andrew Ruiz has verbally has said, I don't want it to be in the UK. Anthony Joshua has said something, but then turned back and said another thing. You know, at first he said, I want to go back to the scene of the crime. And now he's saying he wants to come in back and fight in Cardiff, Wales, because the energy of 80,000 people are so electric that that'll be the edge for him to beat Andy Ruiz and this and that. Look, neither guy wants to fight near the opposing. Where are they going to fight? Rumor is they might fight in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I, I was talking to B-Ray last week, and I said they might fight in Nigeria. Neither guy can uh, can come to an agreement that there is a contract. There's a contract. But from my from my understanding and from what I'm looking at here is that the fight the the negotiation when it comes to the finances is agreed upon. The location from the looks of both guys have to be agreed by both fighters. And from the looks of it, Joshua doesn't want to come back to the United States. Ruiz doesn't want to go to the UK. Where is this fight going to take place? I wouldn't be surprised if we hear a headline saying Ruiz versus Joshua will headline any carnival cruise in the middle of the Atlantic. I can see it now. Or Ruiz versus Joshua will headline on a 747 uh, Boeing airplane flying across the Atlantic. Uh, Again, and there's a funny reason I bring this up because I was watching a documentary a couple days ago about uh, Ali versus Frazier and how the fight, you know, this fight couldn't get made because Ali couldn't get a license and, you know, that there were room, you know, there were rumors that they were going to take this fight to Indian reservations, but the Indian reservation got scared because the U.S. government was going to interfere. Then there were rumors that somebody was going to lend them a boat. They were going to do this in a boat in the middle of the ocean. There were rumors also that they were going to fight in a 747 Boeing plane and the fight was going to take place in the air because there's no law. No one owns the air. No one owns the ocean. So it's unsanctioned and all this. This is starting to become like this because again, sorry, you guys heard that. Again, Ruiz doesn't want to fight in the UK because what happened with Dylan White, he doesn't feel he'll get a fair shake. For some apparent reason, Joshua doesn't want to come to the United States because he got embarrassed. And again, being names and countries are being thrown. Like I said, last week was Nigeria. This week is Saudi Arabia. The fight is, I don't know, scheduled for when. I think from here till then, we might hear different things again. Like again, they might fight in a carnival cruise. They might fight on an airplane. They might find a back of a pickup truck. Shit, they might end up fighting in the undercard of a cock, a cockfighting ring in Tijuana. Who knows? But all I do know is this. It's going to be an entertaining fight. Um, I don't know uh, if you guys heard Anthony Joshua, but he says he needs that extra boost from the 80,000 fans in the UK. Um, and this takes me back to when we were discussing with Beerian a couple episodes ago. And also the comment Andrew Ruiz said, there's a reason why you came to the United States to build a profile. No, no, the reason, in my opinion, the reason he came to the UK, to the United States, wasn't to build a profile because... Again, it wasn't that long ago. This man, the former heavyweight champion of the world, said that he didn't need the United States. That he's a big name. That the money is in the UK. Why would I need to go to the United States? 
Why? Because the zone was tired of putting these fights in the middle of the afternoon where nobody will be watching it because the zone is trying to make an impact here in the market in the United States. So they made you come down. They made you pick an American opponent. They made you do it. You didn't want to. They made you do it. And now you want to take it back to the the UK. And again, I'm going back to the tweet that Oscar said that he was that Eddie Hearn was having trouble making this fight. And I think that's was the that is a hurdle, the location. Eddie can't get Andy Ruiz to come here, and Eddie can't convince the zone to put the fight to agree to the fight in the UK. At the end of the day, it doesn't make sense to do the fight in Nigeria. It doesn't make sense to make the fight in Saudi Arabia because of the time difference. Because if the zone didn't if, see the zone again, rolling back, the zone made Eddie Hearn and Joshua come to the United States. They didn't want to come here. They were forced to come here by the by the network. Because again, Joshua's fights would be taking place in the afternoon here, you know, with you know, to the American fans. When he fought Alexander Pavecki and I saw that fight at twelve thirty o'clock in the afternoon. Come on, really? What heavyweight fight you're gonna watch at twelve thirty? I'm boxing, but I'll I'll watch it. But if you're a streaming server like the Zone and you're trying to break into the American uh, American market, how are you gonna get it? Because this is the this is the thing. If you're a consumer, the one thing you don't want to ask yourself is, do I really need this? Do I really want to subscribe to this? And we're being told, hey. You know, tune into the zone. You've got the heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua fighting. And of course, people are going to want to watch him. But I mean, I don't know anybody that wants to throw a boxing party in the 12 in the afternoon. I mean, hey, I could drink any day, but I usually like throwing my parties around four or five o'clock. Undercard starts, getting everything ready, cooking, barbecuing, drinking, getting ready, hyping up to get to the main event. And then when it happens, the atmosphere is just the, the, the buildup. From all from the from beginning of the morning to the to the evening when that main event gets, it's just that build up, that fight atmosphere that you get in the household or wherever you're watching, wherever you guys watch your fights, that build up that that just you know that's just gonna break the ceiling because you can't wait for the main event. That's the type of stuff that the zone wants. That's what the zone is trying to get the consumers. They're trying to get people from Showtime to tune into them. They're trying to get the ESPN fans to get over here, tune in. You're not going to do that when you have the heavyweight champion of the world fighting at 12.30 in the afternoon. You're not going to get it. They noticed it. The low viewership for the Pavekian fight. The lack of interest when it came down to Anthony Joshua, who held the majority of the heavyweight titles. And the, and the person who was getting the most attention were guys like Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. The zone had to scramble and tell Eddie Hearn and Joshua, hey, we need you to go over there now. And build your profile because, yeah, you're big in the UK, which is great. The UK loves you. You're a fucking cult follow. You have a cult following. But over there, they think you're they think you're afraid. Over there, nobody knows you that much. You're going to have to go and make and build your profile there. And he did. And we gave him respect. We gave him his props for coming out here. We didn't agree with the opponent originally, you know, with Gerald Miller. We didn't agree with it. We didn't agree too much with Andy Ruiz. But we came surprised. We came we came out shocked about what happened. Now we're waiting for the rematch. And you're telling me that you'd rather take the fight back to Cardiff Wales. Take, take, I'm sorry, take the fight to Cardiff Wales because you need that boost. You need that extra motivation 
to BN Ruiz. I'm sorry. You getting beat up and knocked and dragged out by Andy Ruiz should be more of the motivation than anything. You don't need any more motivation. You losing and getting your title should be the, the motivation you need. Simple as that. That should be your motivation. Not, oh, I want the electricity of 80,000 people. And No. What are you talking about, man? Bass Square Garden was pro. It was your, it was your crowd. What are you talking about? I saw it live with Mr. Lou and Menescaleto from Fever on the Pitch. When they were singing Sweet Caroline, it felt like, you know, you were in the UK. You saw a bunch of people drunk. They were celebrating Liverpool's win. You can't tell me that the people that were in Mass Square Garden were not chanting it. There was no electricity. It's a historic arena. You can't tell me you didn't feel the electricity there. You can't tell me that. You had an off night. You lost. Not If you want to take it back to Mass Square Garden, take it back to Mass Square Garden. You want to take it to T-Mobile Center, take it back to T-Mobile Center. But the fact is you have no profile here. And the only profile you get was getting put down by Andy Ruiz and you quitting. Yes, I said it. Anthony Joshua quit. That is his profile here. By him going back to the UK, you're basically proving everybody here in the States right. That you're just afraid and you never wanted to come out here. So, just like Skip Bayless throws the gauntlet for Floyd Mayweather, well, I'm throwing the gauntlet to Anthony Joshua. I dare you to fight back, come back to the United States and fight Andy Ruiz. I dare you. If you can, you can, if you, if you're that confident, you can whoop him, you can whoop him back here in the States, embarrass him in front of his hometown, embarrass him in front of his own people, his own patriots. Embarrass him. If you're that confident, Joshua, embarrass him. Make me eat my words. Make me, make everybody who is doubting you eat your words. You taking him back to the UK, you're just proving everybody right, sir. You're proving everybody right. Let's continue on. We still stick to the heavyweight division. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It was announced not that long ago that Tyson Fury is coming back and he's going to fight Otto Wallen. Who? Crickets. Crickets. Exactly. Well, this past Saturday night, um, Chris Ariola fought Adam Konaki. Entertaining fight. Good heavyweight scrap. Um, did well on pay-per-view. Did well. Viewership, I think 1.7 million people tuned in to watch that heavyweight scrap. But um, I'm not here to talk about Chris Ariola and and Adam Kaunaki. Great fight. Uh, Hats hats off to both those guys. Congrats to Adam Kaunaki. Can't wait to see him again. The reason I talk about it is on the telecast was Deontay Wilder. And Deontay Wilder had some uh, little choice of words to say about uh, Tyson Fury's future opponent. You know, Otto, Otto, uh, was it? Otto Wallen, and he goes, and I quote, he keeps pulling out these guys, these night shift graveyard workers and fighting them and talking about how he's the best. That's bullshit at its, at its best. <clears throat> Sorry. No Englishman's coming over here talking about how he's saving America from Tom, saving America with Tom Schwartz, Tom Schwartz and Otto, whoever he is talking about and how he's the best with an invisible belt. Nah, I'm not buying it. That was um, Deontay Wilder's remarks. And I totally agree. Tyson Fury cannot come here and say that he's the best heavyweight in the world, that he is ranked number one, even though Ring Magazine puts him at number one. You can't justify fighting guys like Tom Schwartz and Otto Wallen and say you're the best fighter in the world, that you're the lineal champion holding an invisible title. While guys like Anthony Joshua, who I just talked about, fought Andy Ruiz, 
Guys like uh, uh, Deontay Wilder has fought comp has fought guys in the top ten. Uh, Ortiz, um, what was the other guy? Oh my god, the one he knocked out, I forgot. Not Stavern, I forgot. But he's fought again. That's how well I know it. My my bad boys. Ugh, my bad guys. I won't say boys. My bad. But you can't go there and justify you're the best fighter in the world fighting these fights. They're soft touches. Now, whether you're taking these soft touches, prepare yourself for next year's fight against um, Deontay Wilder. Still doesn't justify it. I know that there were rumors of Chris Martin coming, to, Chris Martin being chosen as an opponent. I was cool with that. Chris Martin's a former heavyweight champion. He's on a winning streak. Take him on. It's it's a soft touch, but not a soft touch because it's heavyweight division. Anything can happen. I get that. You know, Tom Schwartz could have knocked out Tyson Fury. Otto Wallen could knock out Tyson Fury. I get it, but they're not well-known names. And you can't go on television talking about that Wilder and Joshua and, Ortiz and uh, Ruiz are bums when you're fighting bums. Can't do that. Well, Tyson Fury replied on his own Instagram page. It says, this big kiss to um, at Bronze Bomber, a.k.a. the big jealous dosser. And it's Tyson Fury blowing a kiss. Building up hype, animosity. I don't know. Usually, I would have expected a little bit more of a comeback from Tyson Fury. But if this was like, you know, if we were to score this, I think this round goes to Deontay Wilder. Wilder pointed out the obvious. Again, I just went out and I just, earlier, these last couple seconds, I just went on a rant. You can't justify yourself as the best heavyweight in the world. The greatest heavyweight of this era by fighting these guys. These, uh, let me use the word properly. <clears throat> these night shift graveyard workers. Can't do that. Can't. The fact that the public is okay with that is what's disturbing to me. Because if it would have been Deontay Wilder doing that, we would nail him to the wall. We would make him known this is cherry picking at his finest. But for Tyson Fury, it's okay. Why is it okay? Or why are we giving him a second pass? Could he have not fought an opponent? Could he have not found somebody? I mean, there, there's plenty of opponents. We, Again, a couple episodes ago, we went through the top 25 heavyweights in the division. In, in, the, in that division, we went through all of them. He couldn't find one? Not one. He's finding... I don't even know where Otto Wallens is ranked at, but I mean... I think uh, Tom Schwartz was ranked number 93 or number 83 in the world. I mean, you can't justify it. And, and I don't know. And it, and, and it doesn't help the markability of this rematch. Um, I think the rematch with Wilder should have happened immediately. I don't think we should have saw Wilder fight Dominic Brazil. There you go. That was a fighter. Dominic Brazil. I don't think we should have saw that fight. I don't think we should have saw Wild Fury versus Schwartz. It should have been an immediate rematch. It didn't happen. For whatever reason, Fury felt he wasn't getting a fair shake with Showtime, so he signed ESPN. Whatever, okay. But now that the fight is signed, sealed, and delivered, we're going to see it next year in 2020. Why not see the fight now? Why not see the fight this year? Why wait a year? Any again, anything can happen in the heavyweight division. Anything can, Everything can be ended in one punch. Why risk it? Why put millions of dollars on the line? For what? Why not make the fight now? Mostly my blame will go to Tyson Fury. Or his handlers. Who knows? Tyson Fury seems like a guy that 
is very confident in himself, uber confident in himself. So I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know if he's just trying to, you know, milk as much as he can before he knows what's gonna, what the inevitable is gonna happen. I don't know, you know. But I said it again. I said it before, and I'll say it again. The action that Tyson Fury is doing do not reflect the man who thinks do not do not reflect his thoughts and opinions that he thought he won the fight. This does not reflect the man who thought he won. This reflects of a man who blatantly knew he lost, but didn't because it ended up a draw. Who, who ended up, who lost and is trying to rebuild his his uh his confidence again before he takes the rematch. That's what it looks like to me. Tyson Fury fighting Tom Schwartz fighting Otto um Otto whatever is it's to me is a guy who's trying to build his confidence up before he takes on the fight with Wilder. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that not that last knockdown in round twelve really shook him up and really made him think like shit. If this guy catches me, oh boy. I said it last time and I'll say it again. I believe that we saw the best Tyson Fury that night. I feel that Tyson Fury put on a hell of a performance, and you know was gonna win the fight unanimously until he got put down those two times. And the last one, even he doesn't know how he got up. And I feel that shook him up. I think he knows going into the second fight, Wilder knows he can touch him. Wilder knows he can put him with, as long as he puts some hands on him, he's, he could do it. The The only question is, can Wilder do it sooner? Because if Wilder would have laid him out in round six, the way he laid him out in round 12, we would have had a different conversation going into this, going into 2019 and, go, and ending into going into 2020. We would the whole, the heavyweight landscape would have been way different than it is right now, if Wilder would have been able to knock this put this guy on his ass in round six instead of round twelve. <clears throat> but again, I'm, I'm kind of like ranting and rambling here. But going back at it, Tyson Fury's actions and fighting these two opponents aren't the characteristics of a man who's confident saying that he beat Deontay Wilder. He believes with a shadow of a doubt that he beat him and that he's the best heavyweight in the world. But you're fighting these fights. You're fighting these fighters. That does not look. That is not the actions of a man who believes that. That is actions of a man who's trying to rebuild his career because he saw what ha- he felt and knows what might happen. So he'd rather just, you know, build his confidence up. Or this might be a cash grab. You know, he may have he may have hustled Bob Behrman and ESPN to cough up a shit ton of money for him. I think his ESPN deals what three, four fight deal. He's he's doing one more fight. Next fight Deontay Wilder. Next fight he could probably ride the sunset. No, I think he's fighting Wilder twice, right? Win, loser, draw. There's a there's a rematch again. So we're gonna see a trilogy off this fight. So who knows? Maybe he's just trying to cash out. You know, buy his time. Give me my money, ESPN. I, I promised you the X amount of fight. Just pay me my money. This could be that. It could be a cash grab. Uh, who knows? This is just speculation, rumor, and any window. In my, in my opinion. So, let's continue. Let's move on. More boxing news. Alright, so, more boxing news. Uh, it was reported that Billy Joe Saunders has parted ways with Frank Warren. And is trying to eye, is trying to negotiate a deal with the zone. Um, this would probably hold him to a certain amount of fights. The same way that Canelo's tied to the zone. Same way Triple G's tied to the zone. Then, this makes perfect sense for Billy Joe Saunders. Because he basically fluctuates. Between 160 and 168. 
So he could possibly be an opponent for any of these guys between those two weight classes. Um, again, Billy Joe Sanders is parts way with Frank Warren. Frank Warren, uh, who Billy Joe Sanders had success with, he won the British the British Commonwealth title, the European title, and he won world championships in middleweight and super middleweight. Um, it's a big, uh, big thing. It's a big deal when it comes down to um, Billy Joe Sanders, but it's not, it's not shocking when fighters leave other promoters. Um, this, the reason I bring it up because it does put into um, Billy Joe Sanders in talks if he signs with the Zone for the middleweight division, especially that he's been trying to get a fight with Triple G. He agreed to fight Triple G in Kazakhstan. He almost fought Demetrius Andrade, and so he popped for a banned substance. He's been verbally attacking Canelo Alvarez since Canelo had his clenbuterol gate scandal. So all of them are entertaining fights with any of these guys I just mentioned. Andre, Triple G, Canelo, these are entertaining fights. I wouldn't doubt that at this moment, DAZN is trying to get him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Hearn is trying to get Billy Joe Sanders signed to him, his promotion company. And won't be surprised if we'll be talking about this in, in, the, in the coming weeks about Billy Joe signing Billy Joe Sanders signing a good lucrative contract with the zone. Um we'll see what happens. Or, you know, he could end up signing with Dana White. You know, as we're continuing with boxing news and fighters leaving other promoters, it's being reported that Dana White is targeting October to launch Zufa Boxing. Yeah, you heard it right. He's gonna launch Zufa Boxing in October. This is from for Supreme Boxing. Shout out to Supreme Boxing. It says Dana White has never been shy about expressing his opinions with the problems he's seen in boxing while remaining loyal to the sport his entire life. Now he plans on using a more UFC-centric model for Zufa Boxing and White has now a targeted launch date for his promotion later this year. <clears throat> and I quote, I've hired a guy to come in and run the boxing site. White said recently, actually over here on the other side of my office, construction is going on. We're building offices in a war room. All the things that we're going to need for this thing to start running in October. I'm hoping to have Zufa Boxing fully functional and running by October. A big part of White's plan for Zufa Boxing involved the completion of a new UFC Apex in Las Vegas. <clears throat> which will likely serve as a premier home for the promotions from now on. From for now, the UFC Apex is a massive facility that includes an arena for live fights, which is where the current Dana White Contender Series takes place, and also the location for the upcoming relaunch of the Ultimate Fighter reality show. Reality show I'm sorry. The UFC Apex also has a full functional production studio, which means all aspects of promotion as well as a broadcast needs can be handled out of the loan facility. This is by via SB Nation. But also, but this is being reported through Supreme Boxing. Shout out to Supreme Boxing. Um, <clears throat> Dana White putting his hat into the boxing ring, putting his hat into the promote, putting his hat in the promotion and boxing. What success is he gonna have? We spoke about this a couple months ago. I don't think he can use the same model he did with the UFC and basically, you know, govern it as one single body. Boxing is too too wild, too unpredictable. Too stubborn to be controlled as one entity. Many men have tried and failed. Dana White is just 
um, going to be another promoter? Is he going to be like 50 Cent who came out with his own promotion and burned to the ground? Is he going to be Mike Tyson who started his own promotion and it burned to the ground? I don't know. Dana White has had success with the UFC, but his success with the UFC is because he monopolized the sport. He used the WWE model and used the whole independent contractors thing to his benefit. You won't be able to do that in boxing. Sorry, you won't be able to do that in boxing, sir. Um, it'll be good to see what he can do, what he brings to the table. In my opinion, someone like Dana White is very verbal. You know, might be a, a good, uh, a fresh face in boxing, you know, especially with the old heads like Bob Arum, who, you know, any day now can probably say, I'm done. Guys like Eddie Hearn, I would love to see him and Eddie Hearn squabble and go back and forth. We've seen how Dana and Oscar handle each other. I like to see how Dana handles with Eddie Hearn and 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 the rest of the other promoters are around here. But if I can go to speculation time, if I can speculate, I wouldn't be surprised if Dana White's working with uh, Al Heyman. Yep, that's on something. I think you need a big platform. I think with PBC, it already has a big platform with Fox. You know, with Fox doing all their stuff, the, the last two pay-per-views have been on Fox. Their deal with Showtime, though, I'm sorry, the deal. The relationship that uh, Al Heyman has with Showtime is great. Um, but what's always um, kind of like muffled is the multiple uh, revolving door of promoters that promote their, their his fighters. Because, again, Al Heyman's not a promoter, he's a manager, but you had Lou DiBella... You have Richard Schaefer. You've had multiple Zanfer boxing. You Golden Boy for a moment for a time being. You've had a revolving door of promoters promoting these fights. Mayweather promotions usually used multiple times for that. You know, but I think what made them successful for a bit was having uh, one single promoter doing all the work for the, all the being the face of that. Um, Richard Schaefer with the Golden Boy was that guy because remember for a good time you guys you had guys like Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Wilder, all these top guys that are top guys at the moment fighting on Golden Boy promoted fights. But they were independent contractors, free agents, and of course Richard Schaefer left, and we all know the debacle there. Since then, Heyman hasn't really used any other promoter besides just promoting that event singly, and he uses them multiple times. Sometimes he'll just, you know, switch it up a bit here and there, but hasn't been one promoter he uses consistently. And from what I've seen, I wouldn't, it wouldn't cross my mind that, I mean, across my mind, it wouldn't surprise me if Dana White and, and Al Heyman worked together. They did, they worked together for the Mayweather McGregor fight. I'm assuming the relationship is good there. Why not? Dana has Dana has the pull. Dana has the money at the moment. Sold UFC for billions of dollars. He's a billionaire himself. I don't see why not. Both guys are, you know, the Al Heyman never want to show his face. He needs someone to run the business for him in the sense of promoting wise without breaking the Ali Act. Why not get um, Dana White? Dana White's a good spearhead, good good face for the sport. He's well recognizable by the fans. You need it. I mean, the same way that Al Heyman used Golden Boy promotions to promote his fighters because you use Golden Boy for the name and the recognition that Oscar De La Hoya brought to the boxing community. 
the, the uh, Haymaker do the same thing with Dana White. Dana White's known in the MMA community. Dana White's known around the boxing community. Why not bring him in and make him the the, the, the spearhead, the the face of this promotion? But Al Heyman does all the managing work, and Dana White's the face of the of of the boxing business of the promotion. The same way he is right now, currently. Dana has some input in the UFC, but he's just the face. He's just the guy that's out there. So use that same format the UFC and WME does with Dana, with Dana White. Hamish use it with uh, the Hamish use it with Dana, Dana White. And I'm kind of crossing myself here and there. So if it sounds confusing, like below this comment, below this description of this episode, you guys can comment and sound sound off and tell me that I sound confusing because I I think I just confused myself for a bit. By going back and forth saying Dana, Heyman, Heyman, Dana. But again, I will not be surprised if we end up hearing Al Heyman, Dana White joining forces. And I think that'll be a hell of a work, a hell of a, a partnership, in my opinion. Hell of a partnership. So we continue going in boxing news. I left the best for last. Thank you guys for literally surviving this whole episode with me by myself. I'm always thankful you guys tuning in um, don't forget to give us a five-star rating give us a thumbs up don't forget to like comment and share this episode and pat and future episodes okay so we got into other news uh, we'll go into the last segment of the news canelo news we go into some canelo news is canelo's relationship with golden boy souring as we reported last week the ibf stripped canelo alvarez of his title because they failed to negotiate with Sergey Derevchenko, and as we, as so far as we know, Sergey Derevchenko and Triple G are in negotiations for a fight later this later in the next couple months. Because this didn't stop Canelo from going off and ta- and talking about his this his frustration with the promotion he is with Golden Boy Promotions, as it was being reported by. Um, ESPN and multiple sources that said middleweight world champion Canelo Alvarez claimed on f- last Friday that he was unaware of the deal his promoter Golden Boy Promotion made with the IBF that ultimately cost him one of his 160 pound titles and he goes on and says <clears throat> and I quote I'm very upset and ashamed with my fans to be unfairly stripped of my belt by the IBF but especially when I did not have the knowledge of the agreement that Golden Boy Promotions matchmaker had signed. Again, this is something that Alvarez said Friday evening of last week. Golden Boy's head matchmaker, Robert Diaz, who was a point person for the company for the IBF on the deal, under which Golden Boy and Ludibello, the promoter of Alvarez's IBF mandatory challenger, Sergey Devichenko, would neither finalize the deal. A purse bid had been scheduled but postponed. Both camps told the IBF they needed a little bit more time to negotiate as well to get the streaming services zone, which has an exclusive deal with Canelo to approve Derevchenko as an opponent for the fall. The article continues by saying the IBF granted the extension. Um, Golden Boy and Debella had been far apart on the money, according to multiple sources with the knowledge of, and the discussions. Golden Boy's last offer to Dervichenko was $5.5 million, which was which Dervichenko said was seeking $7 million. Had the fight gone, had the fight gone the, the purse bid, Dervichenko would have been entitled to 35% of the winning bid. Um 
Oscar said on Saturday, on, um, so Oscar came out and said that we're very disappointed on the IBS action and believe they have been totally unfair to Canelo since he won the title in May. We'll have no further comment at this time. So, from the looks of it, Canelo is claiming that he had no part in these negotiations. He knew nothing about the extensions. He didn't know nothing about Derbachenko being offered $5.5 million. He didn't know nothing. Canelo is washing its hands out of, of, of this whole debacle that's going on. And my take on this is, how do you not know? Are you not in charge? Um, are you not the boss? Are you not the boss of your own career? How much power do you give the promoter to negotiate this stuff? Shouldn't it be like, hey, who's next? Give me a list. What's going on? Let's, you know, let's find out. Okay, I got a mandatory. Let's get this shit out of the way. Let's get it approved. Blah 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 blah. These are some things that you need. These are the things you need to be hands on with. This is your career. This is your legacy. You know, yeah, you. There's a reason why these guys get paid the big bucks to make the decisions. But at the end of the day, you're the one that's stepping in the ring. You're the one that's putting your life on the line. Why put your hand? Why put your life and career on the line against these guys who are just sitting on a desk and pushing paperwork? I have no clue. But it has been a great couple weeks for Canelo Alvarez. First, Thervachenko says no to him. Secondly, Kovalev says no to him. Thirdly, the zone has been um has shown frustration in the fact that they wanted him to fight Triple G. He refuses to fight Triple G for whatever reason, right or wrong. He doesn't want to. This, to me, is not the the this is not the act. Of an A an A plus fighter, this is not the act of the face of boxing. When you have fighters like Dervichenko and Kovalev saying, mm -mm, "We're not fighting you because you, you're honey dick against around and you're not giving us the money we want." First of all, Sergey Dervichenko, his loss is to Danny Jacobs. His last fight mm, could have lost, but didn't. I mean, five point five million dollars is. A lot of money for you, especially that that's the most money you've ever made. Asking for seven, I don't know. Andy Ruiz got what three, four million dollars for his fight against um, Anthony Joshua, but I can't compare Anthony Joshua and Canelo because Canelo is just I feel is a way bigger star than Anthony Joshua. I think we've said it before when you're fighting Canelo, that's your lottery ticket. But again, five point five million dollars is not chump change, folks. To me, it's not. If I was a fighter and they told me $5.5 million to fight Canelo Alvarez, where do I sign? When's the date? And is there a rehydration clause? Hopefully not. But that's what I would ask. Um, but it doesn't look good for Canelo. It doesn't look for gold, good for Golden Boy. Canelo is showing frustrations with Golden Boy. Uh, matchmaker. Um, is this is um, speculation going around boxing? Is it Canelo might end up leaving? Um trying to scroll to an article that I read not an article but a com uh, highlight that I read oh here it goes this is from Boxing Hype shout out to Boxing Hype and it says so apparently Canelo has lawyered up against Golden Boy after the guaranteed the zone a third Triple G fight and Triple G has lawyered up against the zone as they guaranteed him a third Canelo fight so it even gets worse for Canelo Alvarez you're telling me you signed the most lucrative deal in sports with the zone, and I'm assuming the biggest pot, the biggest point 
for you for the zone to give you all that money was that you needed to guarantee them a third fight. And again, I just said it, you know, a couple of seconds ago. Canelo doesn't want to give Triple G a third fight for whatever reason. Does not want to give it to him. Again, does this look? Are these the actions of a man who's in control of his own career? Are these the action of a man who's controlled his own career? I ask you that question. I don't think so. You didn't know about no purse bid. You didn't know nothing. You didn't even know that you signed a contract which stipulated you needed to fight Triple G. The fuck? I mean, are you your own boss? I mean, Floyd Mayweather would always rant and rave about that he's his own boss. He makes his own moves. That he don't have to, he don't have to run for nobody. He don't have to listen to nobody because he's his own boss. He makes boss moves. Canelo Alvarez was giving us the impression that he made his own moves, that he marched to the beat of his own drum. But after, again, that he has to lawyer up after the Golden Boy guaranteed his own a third fight on his behalf, and that the WB, the IBF stripped him of his title. Because they hit because on behalf of him, Golden Boy could not reach an agreement with Dervichenko. And because and Canelo couldn't get a fight against Kovalev, because on behalf of Canelo, Golden Boy couldn't reach an agreement with Kovalev's people. Again, folks, is this the is this the moves of a man who's in control of his own career? All signs lead to no. He's not in charge of his own career. This leads to the signs of a guy like, I'll use Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao was never in charge of his own career. Only now, at the late at the later stage of his own career, at the late stage now, at 40 years old, he's in charge of his own career. Leaving Bob Arum, Pacquiao's been able to do what he wants. He can set the money he wants to make. He can negotiate for himself. He's his own boss. When he was with Bob, is what Bob said. Well, Whatever Oscar says is what Canelo has to do. But again, this doesn't look good for Canelo. You've had two fighters say no to you because of money. You got stripped of your title. You got elevated to an invisible bullshit title. It doesn't look good for you. Come this fall, who are you going to fight? Dervichenko is going to be fighting Triple G. Kovalev's fighting in a couple weeks against Anthony Yard. Demetrius Andrews out there, but it doesn't seem like you wanted to fight him because you could have fight you could have signed that fight right away. There is nobody. And then you're fighting with your promoter, and then and then you're fighting with and then you're fighting with the with the network, but when you're fighting with the zone, because the zone won't approve certain fighters because they are trying to stick you to what it was agreed upon, which is a third fight against. Triple G, and you don't want to give that fight to the fans. You don't want to give that fight to, to the zone. So what's going to happen here? I mean, we've seen this in the past before, where fighters are disgruntled with their promoters, and what do these fighters do? They buy themselves out. Andrew Ruiz was just on the Joe Rogan experience last week, and he talked about all his frustration with top rank was they weren't giving him the fights he wanted. They weren't giving him the money he wanted. He bought himself out of his contract. Mikey Garcia wasn't getting the fights he wanted. Bought himself out. Oscar De La Hoya saw the signs and said, you know what? I, I'm, I, why am I sharing the money with this promoter 
when I can promote myself and take more of a lion's share. So Oscar bought himself out. Floyd Mayweather felt stagnant, felt he wasn't being promoted correctly by his promoter Bob Barum. Bought himself out of his contract. Miguel Cotto said, you know what? I'm tired of sharing the lion's share. I'm going to buy myself out. And he got out of his contract with top rank. All these fighters that I just mentioned, when they were unsatisfied or disgruntled with their promoters, bought themselves out and did something with themselves and ended up doing better without the promoter because they had they controlled the, the, the path of their career. No more this promoter telling me who I got to fight, when I got to fight. No, no, no. This date, this date, and this opponent, this one I want to fight. Let's set it up. Take your fees. Boom, 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 done. Floyd did that for many years, folks. After he bought himself out of top rank, he used Golden Boy to promote his fights. He's a free agent. Hey, for a nominal fee, this is the split you're going to take. I want to fight on this day against this day against this fighter. Let's get the promotion rolling. Let's use your promoter's license. Let's get this shit going. Canelo can do the same thing. Canelo can easily get himself out of a contract with Golden Boy, make no boxing, no life promotions, with Eddie and Sheffield Reynoso and navigate his own career right now, especially that from he's he's tied to the zone for fucking five years. He could spit with Golden Boy if he wants. But if he spits with Golden Boy, what's gonna be left with Golden Boy? Ryan Garcia? Ryan Garcia's in the same boat. Ryan Garcia a couple days ago talked about how this how he's not being promoted properly. That he no longer wants to be the co-main event. That he wants to be a main eventer. That he wants, he wants the machine behind him to promote him. Let's not, that he doesn't want to promote the fight by himself. And let's just not assume because he has 2 million followers on social media that the people are going to tune in. No, do your job and promote me. Ryan Garcia even shows disgruntled now. Is Ryan Gar- and Ryan Garcia and, and Canelo are, uh, are uh, on the, in the same camp. So I'm assuming the frustration of both fighters they're sharing it with each other and they're sharing it with us. And that's why we're talking about it. And right now I'm reading it. It says by Lance Pugmire on a very good authority from athletic box. They have been told that Canelo wants to wait to see if Kovalev comes out. It comes out with a clean victory in Russia on August 24th. If he does, Canelo Kovalev would be eyed on his own in November. We've already discussed this last week and what I, my thoughts are of Kovalev versus Canelo. An intriguing fight. Good big man versus big small, but good little man. I don't like the whole catch weight of 170, most likely hydration clauses, all this. It kind of like water down, waters down his achievement if he fights Kovalev. But let's not take away the fact. Is he in control of his own career? Does Canelo want to fight Kovalev? Or is it just Golden Boy doing it to build his career? What is it? Again, folks, I ask you the question. Who, and if, if this was Floyd Mayweather, if this was Manny Pacquiao, if this was Oscar De La Hoya in their career, and all this was happening to him when the two opponents left because of financial reasons, because they weren't being compensated to what they felt they should be compensated with. If they got stripped of their titles... Because their promoter couldn't could not negotiate the proper terms or negotiate whatever with the opponent. If they got stripped, if they got elevated to a bogus invisible title, which made it seem like he was avoiding another fighter, 
would you say that they are in charge of their own career or are they being mismanaged? I'm assuming we will all agree they, they're being mismanaged and he's probably better off. They're better off doing it by themselves. And all three of the fighters that I just mentioned did it by themselves and were successful about it. So, again, I will not be surprised if Canelo decides to leave Golden Boy Promotions. I don't think he will. He, Canelo seems like a real loyal guy. It doesn't seem he is a real loyal guy. When he lost to Floyd Mayweather, everybody was talking about they should he should leave Eddie and Sheffield Reynoso. That they don't know nothing. That they're just that they're just that he's reached as far as he can with those guys. That he needs a new trainer. He said, "Nope, I'm sticking with these guys. I trust them. I love them. They're family." And look what happened. He is now hit. He is the face of boxing at this moment. People are considering him one of uh, consider him one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. I'm I don't, but some do. And he didn't leave them. When Richard Schaefer was fired from Golden Boy Promotion, and everyone from the PBC followed him, Canelo stayed and was loyal to was loyal to Oscar De La Hoya. So Canelo's a loyalist. I don't think he leave he leaves Golden Boy, but I think. Uh, we're going to start seeing a little... I think we're going to start seeing Canelo taking the wheel a little bit more now after after what happened this week, the last couple weeks. It doesn't look good. It doesn't... It doesn't... Uh, it doesn't look good for the Canelo image that, again, Kovalev said no to you for money reasons. I mean, Kovalev... I mean, Kovalev should be... should have been, like, jumping up and down for a Canelo fight again. Fighting Canelo is making the biggest purse of your career and is a high-profile fight. Who wouldn't want that? Kovalev said no. Sergey Davichenko should have said yes. High-profile fight, biggest payday of your career. He said no. I mean, you got stripped of your title. Again, I'm going, I'm rambling, I'm going back and forth, I'm going in circles, repeating it because I'm trying to convince myself, is this a man that's in control of his own career? And I, I'm... I'm still, I'm still leaning towards, no, he's not in charge of his own career. But we'll see what happens. I mean, Canelo gave up his September date to find the best possible opponent. Well, if Lance Parkman is right, and he's going to wait until November? November for Kovalev? What about all this a, a dream of becoming the undisputed middleweight champion of the world? Why not go after the WBO championship? Why not go after Demetrius Andre? From here to from here to November of October, you have enough time pr- to promote this fight. Why not? There's already some you know back. There's already some like some traction going with you know Andre and Andrade saying you don't have no balls. Where your cojones at? I'm assuming you can build some animosity from here. Kovalev's still going to be there. There are numerous other light heavyweights in that division. Dimitri Bivol has even said he's willing to come down to 168. There's another opponent. He's with the zone. Fight him. He w- Wait, wait. If Canelo's... Well, this is my thing. If Canelo's so interested in fighting and want, winning a title at heavyweight, why not go after the why not go after the WBA light heavyweight champion Dimitri Bivol? If you're so interested in doing it, that's a good fight. Go after that. If you're, again, looking for the best fights, if you're looking for the best fighting the best, why not go against one of the best light heavyweights in the world right now? 
that's not, I mean, that's kind of where I'm throwing it out. What's going on? But I'm not a promoter. I'm just an innocent bystander looking here, ranting and raving and rambling to you guys who listened to me for the last hour and 15, which I thank you guys. But uh, we'll see what happens. Trouble in paradise for Canelo and Golden Boy. I think they're going to patch up. They're going to kiss and make up. But I think after this, I think Canelo takes, starts steering his own. He's going to start steering the ship now. I don't think he's going to leave it to Golden Boy to do the job. They just, this last month, they fucked them over pretty bad, in my opinion. But, uh, folks, pretty much that's all I have when it comes to boxing, when it comes to my opinions. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for putting it up with me. Um, B-Ray does apologize for not showing up. He had some stuff to do with his family. Well, not family. Well, family, yeah. His mother-in-law. He has stuff to do. Um, I hope he'll be here next week. Hopefully, he'll let me know in time. Maybe I can have a guest here. But I do thank you guys for tuning in. Um, below the description of this episode is all the social media platforms you guys can find us on. Also, the email address. If you guys are listening on iTunes, drop us a comment. Tell us how much you like the show. Tell us how much you don't like the show. doesn't matter. Good publicity is bad. Bad publicity is good publicity. Um, give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to like, comment, and share. Um, if you guys want to follow B-Ray, he's on B-Ray89 on Instagram. Get your wrestling and boxing news through B-Ray. Uh, quick shout-out to Corner Boxing, Supreme Boxing, and The Boxing Voice. They're all the outlets I got my news from. So shout-out to them. Again, folks, thank you for tuning in. This is episode 93 of the JMB Ray Boxing Podcast. We'll be back next week. We're out.